0: Welcome to the Unleashed and Unlimited podcast. This is episode eight. Yay! Welcome. Entrepreneurs, executives, experts, and service based professionals to the Unleashed and Unlimited podcast, where it's all about connecting and collaborating toward a brighter future. Join the movement to take control of the powerful forces that shape the direction of your life and your destiny. We are not the dabblers, we are the doers, the disruptors, the dominators. This is the podcast where we share top tier systems, strategies, and stories from common leaders taking uncommon action toward becoming free through dominating in their field and ultimately unleashed and unlimited in their lives and businesses. Welcome to the Unleashed and Unlimited podcast. I'm your host Brad Milford, and along with Jeannie Holtzbalker, today in episode eight, we interview Terry Dolody. Thanks for joining us. All right. Welcome to the Unleashed and Unlimited podcast, where we have today with us Jeannie Holtzbalker without a T, and we have our special guest Terry Dolody. Welcome.
1: All right. Thank you, Brad. Glad to be here.
0: Excellent. And welcome, Jeannie.
2: Thank you, Brad. I'm pretty excited <laughs> to this morning because Terry came with props and everything that people can't see.
0: He did. What are, you, what are you holding there, Terry?
1: Well, I was going to honor your uh, recent posts about Australia. I wasn't sure if you'd be broadcasting <laughs> from down under, so... I came prepared for any hemisphere
0: <laughs> love it love it so he has a one of those crocodile crocodile dundee type um, you know this is not a podcast this is a podcast kind of hats
1: <laughs> I love it no, that's hey, great. this keeps, this, keeps, this keeps the sun off me when I'm out in the field doing my thing so <laughs> I love it I love it I
0: think you throw some axes and stuff don't you
1: Oh, yes. Axes, archery, knife throwing, all the fun things.
0: It's amazing the things that we learned on these podcasts. It's it's, it's awesome. So the Unleashed Unlimited podcast. So we've done one interview with you in our group, Unleashed Unlimited, on Facebook. And we had a fantastic conversation there. This is this is all about freedom. We love talking about freedom. We love talking about peace. We love talking about love. We love talking about the things that people don't normally talk about or they shy away from in business because frankly, we believe that creates prosperity and it creates freedoms in people's lives and it creates transformation. And we like talking about the real stuff and leaving all that superficial nonsense behind. That's what we do here on Unleashing Unlimited. So welcome aboard.
1: Thank you. I had a a great, great, I had a great meeting with some business owners yesterday. We were talking about um, growth and the things that get in the way of growth. And it was interesting. The meeting really opened up and we had a conversation about fear and Mm. fear of growing.
0: One of my favorite topics. (laughs) What talk to us about fear, Terry.
1: Well, we, I've had a I've had I have a group that I'm that I'm pro- going through a process with and we've been working on ang- entrepreneurial anxiety and we've been working on the perception of money and how we are affected by it and how it can hold us back. Hmm. So we were going through, you know, what growth is right for your company where it is now? And then I threw a, a Rootworks and I opened up the other whiteboard and I had it all written in red. What is stopping you? Hmm. Everyone went down and they had all these wonderful ideas on how to grow and then I made everyone write down, why aren't you doing it? And really when we distilled it down and the people were open in the room, it really came down to, I'm afraid. Hmm. They were afraid of, I don't know how to manage the money. I've never had anyone in my family that owned a business before and I don't know who to ask. Mm. And it was very interesting to find out that they like where they are. They like the struggle. Struggle can be comfortable and they're not comfortable with where success will take them. So, you know, that was eye-opening that the founder or the principal of the company, their personality, their challenges are, of course, influencing all the business they do.
0: Absolutely. Which I have... Many, many, many conversations surrounding fear, and quite frankly, love. Um, all, all, every week. There's, there's, there's never a week that goes by that I don't have a conversation that surrounds that. Because when we get right down to it, I love that you, that you went straight to that. When we get right down to it, a lot of times what's holding us back is just simple fear. Just we get, we get through that. We step outside of that when we begin to leap. I like to say leap, leap or even just step outside of our comfort zone and step into something that we're just less familiar with, but we begin to surrender to the ego and ask for a little bit of help, collaboration, connection. I think,
1: yeah, I think you're on a a great point there, uh, especially about finding a mentor or finding somebody that has been there, done it, Um, you know, much like yourself, uh, being able to talk to entrepreneurs about what works, what doesn't work, and what you've experienced, being able to share that with someone, with someone that hasn't opened up before and let them know that it's okay to have those conversations, that's a powerful tool.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jeannie, talk to us about fear and hiding.
2: <laughs> First, before I talk to you about fear and hiding, I need to clarify something with Terry. Terry, I need to make sure that you are aware that you're in the presence of the whiteboard king. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Brad's dream is to have a 15 by 15 room of nothing but whiteboard. I've seen the guy in action. So, um, I'm, so I'm so excited
1: that they make whiteboard paint nowadays.
2: <laughs> I know, he is too, trust me. And so when we talk about fear and hiding, I guess my first question is, My heart is
0: screaming right now. Pleasure. Thank you.
2: How did you even get these people to open up about that? Because I find that's a very, very common fear, concern that the people have. But it's one thing to have the concern. It's another thing to create the atmosphere and the environment for that level of vulnerability to be safely taking place. And and, and Jeannie, that's a
1: great, great point and 100% accurate. Uh, the group of business owners in this meeting—I've had the meeting for just about two years. Okay. Once a month for two years, and they've made the commitment to—they've made the commitment to change. We schedule these meetings during business hours to break their pattern of their normal day, hmm. so they actually have to put processes in place with their employees or with people, their family so that they can step away from their normal day to day. And I think that's also part of that critical commitment to change is being willing to embrace those difficult subjects. Mm-hmm. We, we've done all the standard workshops. We've worked on pricing, market position, sales funnel. But in each meeting, we work on a, what I would call a, or what, what you know, Brad referenced, maybe a shallow business subject. So then we try to work on something for the business owner. And then we find out that when you work on the business owner, then they have the ability to accept or embrace the business process that they haven't
2: adopted. Amen. I mean, it's 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. Mm -hmm. However, I work in corporate America and most of my career has been in healthcare. And I find that most of the executive meetings I attend a lot of time and energy is spent on the mechanics and not the psychology.
1: Well, yes, I completely agree. And the, the interesting thing we do is we, we, I found that I had to set the tone in the room. So before we started talking about money, I, I just did an exercise with a great big green and red plus and minus sign on the wall. And I asked, is money your friend? And, oh, you can see all the cringes happening in the room. But then setting the tone, I shared my background. I shared the challenges I've had with money. And I shared I shared my, my failures as a tool to show what you can learn from the failures. And if you can embrace your – if you can love your failure, that, that's a great one that, that Brad can take. <laughs> if you can love your failures – It'll release you from the, those those uh, bonds in the past.
0: Money is my lover. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't always that way. Right. That's I had a lot of lessons to learn around that. When I grew up, it's a great conversation. I love this conversation. When I grew up. I was told things like, oh, you don't come from that side of the tracks or
2: money doesn't grow on
0: trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. I was told things like, uh, you know, you work, you come home and then you die. Um, Just, you know, all those types of statements that we know aren't true, but they stick in your brain when you're, when you're picking those up and your brain is open to alpha waves, you, you naturally get that stuff and it stays with you until you root it out. And oftentimes these conversations I'm having with people, they've never they've never been told. Oh, and, you know, now that you mentioned that, it is still that is still a belief of mine. I never got rid of it. I never rooted it out. So I love this it, conversation, Terry. Thank
1: you. Oh no worries, and and, and I'm glad to share this. Uh, and, and Jeannie, to what you said before, also on the psychology side, it really everyone that brought something up that is affecting their business currently it touched back in something in their childhood and it was incredible. I mean, in in Western Pennsylvania, I like to say we, we run blue collar software and it's very difficult to run the entrepreneurial 2.0 upgrade because you've been ingrained to be a worker and not to be an owner.
0: Indeed. That is true. I can attest to that.
1: (laughs) Now on the, on the, on the support side, you know, we talk about business support, business mentorship, having your network. The holdback for a lot of these entrepreneurs was the fact that in their family, in their community, struggle is applauded, but success is not. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting that as some of the people achieved success, their friends filtered away. Their family held back from them because you're not like us anymore. Mm. so they were getting into the field of entrepreneurial loneliness yeah.
0: that is a great topic in conversation i never expected to have a conversation like that but i am having those on a regular basis now with my coaching clients that is a, tr- a real and true thing and i love that you brought that up because i didn't know that existed i've, I've been in and out of entrepreneurial companies all my life so this is my seventh company so i'm a little bit used to that and Jeannie, you and i have had some conversations around that maybe maybe too used to that maybe too comfortable with that environment where a person coming from um corporate world and wants to break the golden handcuffs and they've never been exposed to that as much um i need to remind myself of that and not be yeah, here
2: for i'll help remind you
0: yeah not too much of um you know in in Ego, <laughs> drop the ego and get real. Right. Um, but that's a, that's a real, that's a real thing. As one begins to shift, my walk was a little bit different. Um, it was, it was one of beliefs, principles and values and character and that kind of thing, which is similar to this conversation, but a little bit different. But when, when we do step into entrepreneurship, things change. That's it's yes. a whole different world working on your company and in your company and bootstrapping all these things that um, a lot of people do. Not everybody has to do it that way, but um, that changes the entire life. I love that conversation, Terry.
1: It, it, well, thank you. Uh, you. You mentioned transformation and, and you've just perfectly described it. You're, you're leaving your past behind. You're transforming so that you can get to the goals that you want to achieve. Yeah. But it's interesting that we don't anticipate some of the prices that we have to oh. pay for that success. Hmm.
0: Sacrifice. Jeannie, let's get back to hiding and sacrifice and some of the things that you want to share. I know you're dying to share something. <laughs>
2: you know, I actually, I was thinking about the going back to the mechanics and the tools for entrepreneurial success, which are the same. Some of them are very same, much the same for corporate America. And what I found is that I applaud you for talking about the psychology and the mindset every time, because if they don't come to terms, if we don't come to terms with our relationship with the money, it doesn't matter if we have the best gadgets or the fanciest items in the world, we will end up self-sabotaging by default.
1: Mm. I'm so glad you said that. That is so accurate. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we also see that um, in that fear of success, you'll, 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 you will, you'll sabotage yourself so that you can remain comfortable in the struggle and not get to, to the success part.
0: That's interesting. That is, and I openly and candidly and authentically say this to anybody when 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 it comes time to have this conversation with people that I had three businesses. They were all seven figure businesses. But honestly, as I look back, I was never getting to eight figures, not in any one of those businesses. So I was doing eight figures total, but I would have never gotten to that point because my leadership lid, as is said, or my upper limit, I had an upper limit problem. And yeah. i be authentic and candid. I, my character was not such I could have ever gotten there. So I reached success, what some people would consider success. But I was lacking the, the wherewithal and the know-how to get any higher. So I'm glad I took a step back to come to the point where I am today. Because some of those struggles are real. <laughs> I can attest to that.
1: And, and I, think, I think, Jeannie, you mentioned you know taking that time in each meeting for that um a little bit of mental work. If, if you, if you comfort yourself by being in the daily grind and you have to ask yourself, what is your definition of success? And then sit back and be quiet and see what happens in your mind. Um, it's, it's really interesting because some of the business owners that are having some level of success they then guilt themselves for the success and feel that they have to overwork themselves to justify the amount of money they're earning. Mm.
2: You know, that's true because they've either got caught in a martyr syndrome or they got caught in the ideology that success and suffering go hand in hand and I can't have it any other way. Mm. Exactly.
1: It it, it almost precludes them from working smart. They're stuck in working hard.
2: I was there. I was stuck in the, I'm from, I'm actually from Nuremberg, Germany. So, you know, we Germans, we have a strong work ethic. And, and I was taught from a very early age to, to work hard and hard and hard. And that was rewarded. And I got into corporate America 20 years ago. And I'm like, the first couple of years, I was like naive about the fact that because I was one of the hardest workers, that should be greatly rewarded. And I'm looking to my right and to my left and I'm finding that not so much not so much and it was uh, while I was angry at the world playing unfair to me I had to come to the realization that expecting the world to treat you fairly is like expecting a bull not to charge you because you're a vegetarian not gonna happen
1: (laughs) I might have to use that one that's great
2: (laughs) not gonna happen and so I had to learn how to get smart and strategic and I failed several times before I got there and I'm still learning, but I, I am so grateful for my failures.
1: Indeed. We did we did an interesting exercise in one of the meetings. I, I I like writing one thing on the board and then seeing what comes out of the group to get them get their minds working with each other so they're not just interacting with me. Mm-hmm. And I wrote I wrote on the board, How big do you want to grow? And it was really interesting to watch how people cringed and shrank down in their seat at that <laughs> question <laughs>
0: infinite <laughs> they,
2: they didn't in- want
1: to admit.
2: is it because they had big dreams and were afraid to tell people or is it because they were afraid to dream big they were afraid
1: to dream big mm-hmm. they they were the, a couple people described to me that they thought the more growth they had the more fear of failure they had that there was more to lose and then when they were struggling and just getting by, if things went really bad, it wouldn't be so bad because there wasn't as much to lose.
0: Yeah, it's a level of comfort. Actually, what's interesting, um, John Maxwell, I was on the phone with John Maxwell, it's, this was about six months ago. And he shared with us uh, one of the mistakes he made in writing one of his early books, um, Put Your Dream to the Test. And that's a widely known book. It's it's. I mean, I have no idea how many copies has been sold, but lots. Lots. Let's just say lots. And uh, he said he made a grave mistake that he had no idea that he made. Now looking back, he knows. But he made an assumption that everybody had a dream. Mm. He came to find out after he wrote the book that a lot of people, he said there was a percentage. uh, I'll, I'll keep that. Um, I'll keep that to myself because, you know, percentages are sort of relative, but <laughs> it's, I don't know if it was an actual or if it was just a guess guesstimate. So I want to be accurate. But um, but it was a large it was a large percentage. And he, he he said that he found that, you know, a large percentage of people didn't have a dream. And so if he if he could do it over again, he would he would include. How to create a dream and put it to the test. It was it was pretty funny hearing him say that, as successful as he is, and from a different, you know, from a different perspective, it's always great to hear those types of things. I'd like to go back to something that we're talking about, working smart. So this wouldn't be a podcast with me if I didn't bring up some big word. Compensatory recruitment is Ooh. so important, but it's rarely talked about. Compensatory recruitment is when we use when we use our psychologically when we use the brain to do something tw- we twice as hard as it needs to be basically. So I use the analogy of somebody using a bicycle and pedaling downhill in first gear. There's just no reason to pedal in first gear downhill. We either want to have higher gear or we just want to coast downhill. And there are way too many entrepreneurs who are doing that very thing they are working so hard and they don't need to be collaboration is huge finding mentor is huge finding a coach is huge and so few people are willing to take that step and invest in themselves when in reality it could save them thousands thousands of hours in time and money um it's 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 interesting to say the least
2: it depends on their mindset, though, too, don't you think? Because I think when that's an issue for somebody, they're not looking at themselves as an investment. They're busy lo- looking at the cost. And so the mindset is already based in a poverty mindset.
1: Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen when, when I'm working in communities that have been experiencing, let's say, gener- intergenerational scarcity, mm-hmm. they will invest in physical, tangible things a laptop, a truck, a fancy office, things that give people an aside perception is the first choice of investment rather than investing in themselves.
0: Agreed. I know about that. I was that person. I grew up that way. For years and years and years, I, um, I invested in assets, assets and things and cars and houses and all that kind of stuff. And even honestly, in people, I was chasing significance for a long time. So I would buy people things <laughs> and think that I could, not that I could get something from them, but I wanted to connect with them. That was my way to connect. I didn't know any better. Right. So yeah. it, it was a big shift when I realized that that is not the way to really invest in yourself. Uh, huge well, shift you, to say you, the least.
1: And when brought up fear before, I think, you know, that's really one of the main barriers for someone finding the mentor or the coach that they need they don't want to admit to the outside world that they don't know something or they don't also don't want to admit it to themselves
2: yeah. that was me and then about march 15 2018 my world got rocked forever and i decided that that was the day that the pain became greater than the fear of change And so I met with somebody and had a clarity call, and then I hired this individual to be my coach, and life is never going to be the same again. It was one of the best investments I ever made in myself. And I did the work, right? Right, coach? (laughs) (laughs) Indeed.
0: Indeed you have, and then some, (laughs) to say the least. So You already had it. That's the amazing thing. And I, I love that you openly and freely share that because you already had it. Coaching is not about giving you something that you don't have. It's about drawing. It's about something increasing out
2: awareness, isn't it?
0: That you do have. Yep. And a lot of people think you know they don't understand coaching or they fear it because they they don't they don't know what it is. Um, and it's it's really just someone who sees something in you that you don't quite yet see and drawing that out.
1: Terry. Well, one thing I'll say, one thing I'd say about what I what I've watched uh, the the little bit I've seen you inter- interact with people in person. You have developed a real skill set on asking the right question in the right tone, almost giving the person
2: permission to answer it themselves. Oh, he's extremely gifted. I have to agree with you on that. Just because
0: a- I love me some people. <laughs> <laughs> love That's the awesome. people, right, Brad? I love the people. I love me some people. <laughs> Terry, t- tell us a little bit about your background because you have a fascinating background. We kind of jumped right in, but if, if we could back up a little bit, tell us tell us because you have an amazing background. You've done a lot of work with entrepreneurs and and, and coaches and business. And- yeah,
1: well, thank you. I I, I forget to look back because I, I the same thing I fall into the category of trying to move forward. <laughs> well, I, I've had a I've had multiple simultaneous careers. I had a I have continued to have a nonprofit career where I have volunteered a lot of time in my community and communities around Pittsburgh. Um, in terms of serving as a uh, chairman of the board on different nonprofits and also serving as presidents, um, I've been volunteering in the, in my, in my neighborhood of Polish Hill for 40 years now. Uh, mm. So started doing that in 79. Uh, so, <laughs> But a lot of growth happened and in a selfish way as the businesses in the neighborhood improved i got a better place to live so that was a good investment i've worked for the community technical assistance center where i did the background work for nonprofit boards of directors on the surface we did bylaw reviews i would go in and be the third party uh, uh monitor for elections i would be the um Third party in negotiations. Well, but if any Pulp Fiction fans out there, my real job description was being Mr. Wolf. All the problems that the nonprofits needed to solve that didn't make it to the public, that was my job. Mm. <laughs> the, the conflicts that were arising. I also managed the Pittsburgh public market, where we had 25 small businesses that we were able to put in spaces for as little as $500 a month. Mm-hmm. and then incubate them and grow them. And thankfully, when the public market closed, uh, which was tragic, the lease didn't get re-signed for the building,
0: yeah.
1: we had a 97% success rate of them being able to leave the market strong enough to get into storefronts and food trucks. Uh, that was a sad yet proud moment in my career when that happened.
0: I didn't know you were involved in that, actually. I had been down to the market a couple of times. I, li- I really liked that place.
1: It was it was quite the challenge. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I think I went, uh, I think the only day I took off one year was Christmas Day. <laughs> and I was in there at 3 o'clock in the morning pulling equipment off for people so that they could get into their new storefronts. But. You, you get invested in the people that you that you help build their businesses and you know that was part of pour, pouring your heart into it um, I've worked for new Sunrising, rising uh, doing incubation in neighborhoods like Wilkinsburg and in uh, McKee's rocks and I've worked for the Mansman Foundation uh, where we worked with small business owners specifically that have had intergenerational scarcity and also want to give back to their community so as I've stepped out to form boss consulting on my own, I'm still facilitating meetings for management so I can keep the businesses growing that I've been a part of for the last two years. I think it's amazing
0: that you're taking some of the experiences that you learned all along the way and now you're applying it to yourself. I celebrate you for that. That's an amazing journey. I'm I'm excited to see what the very, very near future brings and uh, and how that and, and how, how you represent that and, and how that turns out for you. I know that's going to be an amazing journey for you. I'm super excited. And we want to be able to support and help you as well. What I have one last question. And then I'm going to ask you how um, people can get in touch with you as well. In all the experience that you've had, because you've had great experience in, in helping and building entrepreneurs, all, all that's been both passionate and a business of yours for quite some time. What's the greatest takeaway that you can think if somebody really wants to, they're either an entrepreneur now or they want to be an entrepreneur, but they want to leave, they want to live a lifestyle of freedom. So they're changing from their nine to five to their 24 seven, but they also want to live with freedom. What advice would you give to someone looking to do that?
2: Hmm.
1: I, I, love a... I love the stumping
0: I love the stumping questions
1: it would happen uh, you're good at that by the way <laughs> <laughs> don't fear failure fear f- fail fast, learn from it, and then take action don't be paralyzed because hmm. if you go down the rabbit hole you know of, of too much thought without action, you can burden yourself with perfectionism and you will move forward i would say that movement is life and life equals equals joy and happiness
0: Ooh, that's some powerful stuff right there i didn't stump you at all that was good stuff (laughs) i appreciate that terry how can people get in touch with you they want to reach out and they want to get in touch with you how could what's the best way to reach you
1: well, uh, I have all of my uh, social media set up right now, so you can find Boss Consulting on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Alignable. And you can always reach me at terry at bossconsulting.biz.
0: Love it. I love the name, by the way. I know that's a, a fairly new name for you I'll just just established recently. Boss, boss Consulting. I love it. I love it.
1: Be the, be the boss of your
0: day. <laughs> I love it. He's got everything down already. He <laughs> i love it well i want to thank you for joining us today i want to appreciate your time I'm grateful for you like i said we want to be able to support you in every way anybody listening reach out to terry at boss consulting
1: genie <laughs> and, and brad i'm really glad to be here i'm really glad to be able to interact with people that have the mindset that you have and i'm grateful for the help you're giving small business owners out there in the world
0: Awesome. You've been listening to the Unleashed and Unlimited podcast for entrepreneurs, experts, and service-based professionals. With gratitude, we thank you for listening. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review it. And also, stay tuned for more. Thanks for joining us.